we are. There's the record button down there. We are now recording. All right. Cool. So, hey guys, welcome to the first Jim. Hang on, Jim and Tonic podcast. Uh, My name's Shirley Smith. I have a Mm -hmm. business called Urban Fox Coaching, and I am with my two adorably handsome young colleagues and amigos, uh, who I will let Mm -hmm. introduce Mm -hmm. themselves to you now. Over to you guys. Go on, Paul. You you (laughs) (laughs) to So I'm I'm Paul Andrews, um, owner, CEO, legend of Paul Andrews Fitness. Um, My job in the industry is to call bullshit on anything that is not evidence-based and factual, which is most of the industry apparently. So uh, you may have seen ranting and raving all over Instagram about all of the uh, charlatans, zealots, or as I call them, cunts out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, we're getting it straight at the beginning. Let's get it out there. Get it out there. Yeah, drop it in there. Um, Do you want me to introduce myself? I am... Tom Jabot and I have Morgan Jabot Health Services and I do online nutrition, in-person nutrition, online training, in-person training, and then I do tennis mentoring as well. Fabulous. So, as much stuff as I can possibly do. Cool. Fantastic. And how's lockdown been for you guys so far? I mean, it's two o'clock on a Friday and I'm drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll make the most out of it, right? I mean, there's not much we can do. So. Yeah, at least the weather's good. Yeah, I've got a whole gym. I literally got half of Urban Fitness in my uh, in my little apartment. So <laughs> I made a walk yesterday. So did I. I went for a walk, but I got a- attacked by mosquitoes. So I'm absolutely destroyed by them. But <laughs> we'll give it another go today. <laughs> See if we can do that. Okay, so I've got, um, obviously we've been putting it out there on social media just to try and pick up some questions of people. Um, most of them came from my family WhatsApp. So I, I will start with them. Um, very interesting one seeing that you're both male actually um, a question that I did get was uh, a member of my family has been um, diagnosed with a defect um, in the heart nothing that's going to affect him it's just like it's been picked up that may or may not have uh, been a cause of a recent problem um, on that journey uh he's been told to lose a considerable amount of weight and even though he doesn't necessarily look let's say like he's holding a lot of body fat uh he is unfortunately very heavy mm-hmm. um for years he's been uh, on and off power lifter always lifted heavy weights stuff like that so he's sort of like turned to me and said look that's all i know you know the heavy weight lifting the this that and the other so he's kind of like trying to change around everything he's always done um He's trying to do a bit of like boxing and uh, this, that, and the other. We've talked about diet, but I mean, I don't know if you guys have got any advice if he came to you as a client. Um, I think for me, if just to jump straight in there, um, if his background is all heavy lifting and that's what he's used to and that's what he enjoys, it's more just a case of adapting what he's used to to fit what his new goal is. He's no longer obviously looking to put on size. So the yeah. amount of weight that he's lifting doesn't need to be as heavy so it doesn't need to work with such small rep ranges and, and what have you but yeah. he can still lift weight and work towards a goal of dropping body fat the the biggest okay. thing is getting his diet in the right place so he needs obviously that, a calorie deficit he needs to prioritize protein but yeah. if he really enjoys weightlifting above anything else then yeah. my advice to anyone that wants to drop body fat is to lift weights so he just okay. needs to do yeah. that but just to adjust his training so it's less 
strength training and about trying to pack on size and more working with slightly higher rep ranges so that he's burning a few more calories in the session than he was previously. Um, And then, yeah, just bringing in other stuff that he enjoys. That's going to be more cardio based to to burn extra calories, things like boxing. They're going to be a bit more that that aren't just going on a fucking stairmaster for an hour on end. But yeah, that would be my advice for him is, is, keep you know keep the training that he enjoys just adjust the rep ranges um okay. and, and put him in a position where he's going to burn a few more calories each session and get a handle of eating okay. in a deficit yeah cool okay I'll speak yeah, to i you. think that would be kind of where i would go with it too um but i would just say the first thing i would do is just really focused on what the goal is you know because yeah. just losing weight doesn't really specify too much it's like how much do you want to rechange your body composition do you want to um you know just drop body fat or do you want to actually become lighter because i think they're two different things you know yeah. you can drop body fat but not actually become lighter because you can pack muscle on i think that is the thing i think uh, because it was advised by a cardiologist i think it was very much a bmi thing which just is good. quite difficult when you are a naturally heavy person don't get started on bmi yet <laughs> listen i've said this to people you know no matter how lean or how more you know how bigger i've been like i've always been just outside my bmr i think once once i was within it uh, because i just i'm a naturally heavy person you know even no matter how small i am i'm still on on the doctor's I think that's, BMI that's thing. it's just so eh, isn't it yeah the, i mean that's that's where the problem i have the problem with bmi is that it just they're still using it. Doctors are still using it, but know. We, we know it's not right. We know that people with more muscle mass are going to weigh. It's like, like the equivalent to the horse and car, isn't it? In the in the transport yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, it exactly is. And the trouble is, is this is a perfect example where you've got somebody who physically is probably not in bad shape because of the way that they've trained. Yeah, I imagine based on what you've said, he's probably carrying a little bit of extra body fat, but in comparison yeah. to most people, probably not that much. I reckon he's probably still under from what you said under 20 percent body fat which for a bloke is good um but as tom said the 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 health industry uses bmi and it's such a fucked metric like it's that it's still the primary metric for determining whether people are are pre-diabetic yeah and and the thing is is something that's purely environmental and can be changed by altering your diet you're going to determine if somebody is at risk of that based on their height versus their weight and it's like oh, what if what if they're an eight percent body fat bloke who's 19 stone and only five for eight because he's been a power lifter his entire life what well, you're going to tell yeah. him that you might get diabetes no he's not but he's not going to struggle with diabetes well i think as well for him as well it's, it's it's just move more if you're somebody that wants to lose weight you know start with moving more and eating slightly less and then go yeah. from there and i think some people fail at the beginning because they try and do it so extreme where yeah. like they really try and go too deep into their nutrition. They try and like change their whole workout program. But if he's, if he likes doing strength-based training, do strength-based training, you know, yeah. potentially then start to dial in your nutrition as you go and then just get out and move more, you know, just yeah. literally, like, you know, as I've been telling people in lockdown, get out and go for walks, get your step count out. And then slowly as you go, you know, the leaner you get or the, or the fitter you get, you're going to have to start dialing in a bit more. But I think for him to start with, like if he likes lifting heavy and the same thing with Paul, but maybe not go as extreme and, and try and, you know, hit the same numbers he was maybe when he was um, heavier, but again, keep lifting heavier. I would always say to people, don't, 
don't prioritize cardio over lifting heavy because oh, oh, that was a question um okay that's really really good advice thank you guys um oh, that leads perfectly actually into another question i had um which was basically i mean well, i think we've kind of touched on it there um it was a two-part question um someone said basically i'm running so they've started running um, okay their problems or? male yeah male but running but they said that um the belly still doesn't shift uh, isn't cardio the key so obviously i know what you're gonna say and also um, he mentioned the second part of the question is that also um it looks like uh he's got shin splints so I don't, i'm not a runner so i can't advise so okay. I, I mean, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll start with this one again. Um, first of all, cardio is a tool, right? Cardio is a tool to burn calories, which effectively will help you get to a calorie deficit. But, you know, people, most people aren't educated on, which I think is ridiculous that they don't teach us in schools, is that energy balance is the most important thing, right? We can all agree on, yep. you can't lose, you can't we lose. Also, also cheers to that. Cheers. I get yeah. my Lucas Day file out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's people the first thing is people get disheartened because you know they're doing all this cardio but they're not look they're, they're only looking at the output they're not looking at the input right and so yep. the, the whole balance of energy balance is calories in versus calories out well if you're going running and you're wondering why you're not losing body fat well yep. then you're only looking at one side of things you're looking at the output of calories you're you're expending on a daily basis but you're yep. not realizing how many you're putting in because you can you can kill yourself to burn 500 calories and you can eat 500 calories in about three minutes. Like actually yeah. all of us could probably do it in about a minute, right? I can eat 500 <laughs> calories so quickly and then to go burn 500 calories is so much harder. And so if you're only focusing on half of it, then that's where people get disheartened and they end up giving up. Again, yeah. you know, just running isn't going to potentially burn belly fat. We know you can't spot reduce, um, you know, fat. It's just genetics right. where it comes off. And so yeah. what you have to do is you have to basically look at both sides of the, of the balance and go, how much calories am I eating each day? How many calories am I expending each day? Which yeah. is very hard to calculate, but you can control the in way more than you can control the out, right? Yeah. And so understand what you're consuming. And then, you know, as you go, be patient. If you are starting to lose it, then you know you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah. And then just continuously go with that. And just be patient. Some people will, will lose fat from their belly really fast. It'll be the first place it goes. And then some people have to get to extreme levels of like leanness. It will strip off every single part of your body, including your ears. Yeah. And then it may or may not eventually yeah. work its way down. And, it's, and the thing is, is like the only thing you can do there is blame your genetics and just be like, look, there's nothing you can do about it. Like get different parents, I guess, would be the only thing I could advise yeah. there is like, you can't choose where your body's going to hold onto it. And okay. if, not, if you, if you accept that, I think it's easier to be able to keep going because yeah. you can say, look, you know what, genetically, I hold onto body fat more in my abs and yeah. I have to be more patient, you know, and you're probably genetically blessed with something else that other people want. So play. Paul. Uh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. On if we start with the the very last point, the shin splints bit, because it's probably the quickest bit to um, to deal with and box off. As someone who's attempted running in the past, I've done three or four runs, um, and I'm 32. <laughs> so, um, 
Um, I, I've actually know myself. I've actually done five k over the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. done. So, um, but as someone who's oh. very flat-footed, I suffer with shin splints if my shoes aren't the right fit. So the first thing I would recommend is that if he gets a blank piece of paper, makes his gets his foot wet and steps on the paper, draws round his footprint. Wow. Then goes onto a website called SportsShoe.co.uk. You can pick yeah. running shoes based on your foot style. So whether you've got flat feet, high arches, or neutral. That's really cool. Uh, it's like he has flat feet, and you wear any shoes that don't give you a natural arch, your your feet will overpronate, and you will get shin splints. Equally, if you've got a very high arch, and your shoes don't account for that, then you'll underpronate, okay. and that can cause shin splints. So it could be as simple as his footwear. That's really uh, good advice. Thank you. So that would never be knew about that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I used but to hear that. I imagine a lot of people don't know about that. Um, yeah, so it's, the it's easy to fix. And it's not to get, uh, that way, I can't guarantee that that'll fix it, but for the majority of people who've had issues with yeah. shoes, it's nearly always down to their footwear. Um, yeah. So that would be a good place to start. In terms of the rest of it, um, I mean, genetically as a species, we carry more body fat around our stomach area in particular, because that's where most of our organs are. So it's a defense mechanism. So we are going to hold that longer than, most other areas genetically because you know if we were still in the wild we'd want to protect ourselves saber-toothed tigers for example so i loved uh, it there personally i didn't want to come, come back but yeah i did yeah we're, so. the, we're <laughs> at the other extreme now where we're locked away inside away from the wild um, i love the, i love the fact that uh, my husband used to go shopping and i didn't have to you know it was great you know i just stayed yeah. in the cave he came back chopped the chopping on the floor i cooked it was great yeah that's ideal um, but to elaborate on what Tom was saying in terms of energy in versus energy out, a good analogy that I saw recently was from uh, James Smith. And if you imagine you've got your phone and you've yep. got 80% battery on your phone and you want to you reduce that down to 75%, so yep. a decrease of 5%, most people will obviously go and open up an app that they know is going to be quite battery. Oh, interval timer. Yep. Interval timer. Brilliant. Drains yep. the life out of your phone. Yeah, so you have to go and open something that's yeah. going to run it down really quickly um, and therefore get your, your net reduction. That, in essence, is like your training. You can go and do whatever training you want. Obviously, the more like, high intensity you do, the more like, calories you're going to burn. But if you want to reduce your phone's battery, you're not going to try and do that with the thing plugged in because there's going to be more power going into your phone, keeping it topped up, than there is going to be coming out. Yeah. And your phone charger is effectively yeah. food. So just like you'll never run the battery out if your phone's plugged in, you're never going to out train a bad diet. You can go and burn all the calories that you want, but if you still consume a thousand calories a day more than you should, you're still going to end up being a fat cunt. So ultimately, if you want to drop body fat, the first place to start is with your calorie intake. How much energy have you got going in? Is it equal to what's going out if it is dial it back is it less than what's going out if good keep it that way if it's more than what's going out then you really need to not just dial it back but increase the output as well um and i think that's where people struggle as soon as they want to lose weight they think i've got to go to the gym i've got to get in shape i've got to train i've got to run i've got to do whatever and it's like no stop putting shit in your mouth get good at doing that consistently yeah. and use your training to supplement your efforts because the more active you are, yes, the more you can eat. But if you don't fix the diet in the first place, you'll be eating too much to begin with. So your training is pointless. Yeah. I found in the last um, few months, signing up clients, how many people are so resistant to logging their food. 
in mm. my fitness pal. I only asked them to do it for seven days. And I say to them, no restrictions, no holding back, do exactly what you've been doing for the rest of the last 10 years, you know, got you to this point. Um, but just log it or write it down and I'll, I'll log I, it. Yeah, I think you know? there's, there's a, <laughs> and they're so there's, resistant. There's a, there's a stigma now behind, and I, I honestly think it's, it's food companies and the marketing that they do. It's, there's a stigma behind um, tracking calories as if it's something bad. It's like, oh, you're obsessed with food. Obsessed, that's you track the one. Calories. And, and yeah. my response is, look, if I'm tracking my calories and I know what I'm putting in, aren't I on top of my nutrition? Aren't I actually, um, you know, actually doing a good thing for myself? Because we yeah. know that most, most diseases that we have as humans now are due to our, our, our nutrition and over uh, consuming. And yeah. I think the other thing I was going to say on, on Paul's point is, is the the training part of things it's not the biggest thing i think people will look at that as like the output has to be the most important right but we're saying obviously that the nutrition part is going to be where you need to start and honestly where you need to focus in and there's so many ways to burn calories like you know when you talk about shin splints like if 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 you're running a lot and you don't really enjoy what you're doing because you think running is going to burn more calories yeah. Then, then you're not going to be able to consistently keep that up and then be able to help use that as a tool in order to get some results. So I think it's, oh, you're being a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I think there are so many ways that you can, um, that you can enjoy <laughs> training. And I think the more you enjoy your training, the more consistent you're going to be over the course of a, a long period of time, you're going to burn more calories anyway and get better results. And like Paul kind of touched upon it where it was like people, when people first start diets, they want to, they want to do it so quick, so quick. And then they end up falling off because it's, yeah. it's not sustainable. And, yeah. um, and then they stop seeing results maybe because they're not tracking the calories and they think, yeah. Oh, it's bad if you track calories. It's like, no. I, always, I always use the analogy with money, right? It's like, if I'm somebody that has a bank account with a certain amount of money in that I can spend each day, and I just go around spending money, however, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever, I'll spend money. Never check your account. Never check my account. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I start racking up all this debt. They well, by the way, if you are doing that, can I hang around with you for that week? <laughs> yeah. We're locked down. Thanks for describing my, uh, my life there. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but if, 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 you're in a, if you are in debt then, then people would say, well, you're not very responsible with money. You're, you're bad with money, right? Yeah. And then if you're somebody who knows how much is in their account, you know how much you're spending each day, you're on top of your finances. They say you're very obsessed. Good. Yeah, you're very good with money. But when we do that with calories, it's the other way around. And I just don't I don't understand where that's come it's from. Programming though, isn't it? I, I, I honestly think it's programming. I think, you know, on the one hand, it's okay to be obsessed with certain parts of the industry if that's popular. Mm-hmm. But going back to the old fashioned way isn't popular. Right. I think the trouble is, is, and I think that's what we're up against, aren't we? The, the industry has become saturated with quick fixes and fads, which it's okay for short-term obsession with those on the basis that it's commonly accepted that you're not going to stick to it. So you're going to jump. Oh, yeah. Fad. It's 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 okay to obsess about your weight and yo-yo diet, and be one of these people that gets really fat, loses weight, gets really fat, loses weight. Yet if you're somebody who wants to actually do it properly and make simple, sustainable, lasting changes to your lifestyle, so that you're no longer yo-yo and that you lose weight and you keep it off suddenly it's like oh you're an idiot and it's like yeah of course because the whole fun part of getting like losing body fat is so you can get fat again that's why people do it obviously um, but, but do you think, do you well. think future do you think the future looks like 
Um, so when someone's been um, on a fitness journey for a year, there'll be a string of pictures like a like a movie where it's going to say before, after, before, after, before, after, before, after, before, after, before. Like well, I think it, I think it's in the <laughs> it's in the industry. Unfortunately, it's in the industry's interest, right? Is for people to lose weight and then gain it back and then have to lose weight again because for, the more they do that, the more money they spend to these like slimming worlds and all this shit that is thrown at you, all these teas and all that kind of stuff that we know you don't need at all. And all you need to do is figure out how your body works. Cause I think that's the most important thing they don't talk about. It's like understanding your maintenance calories own body. all the time and you understand your own body. And then you start to be able to say, well, you know, if I want to gain weight, I need to figure out where my maintenance is and then just eat more. If I want to lose weight, find out where my maintenance is and eat less. And you don't need to spend thousands of pounds on a two year basis where you go up and down, up and down. But a lot of people will go out of business, Slimming World and the Fit Tees and all those people will go out of business because they, and half of the supplement, well, actually 90% of the, 99% of the supplement industry would go out of business too because they'd realize that actually you don't need these supplements in order to burn body fat because all you need to do is even move more. Uh, I'd say, just to, on that, let's touch on that subject then. So, I mean, I take loads of supplements. <laughs> Yeah, I take things like um, calcium, I take vitamin D, I take zinc, I take magnesium. Can, can we, I mean, literally, there's a very, very I think we need list. to separate the two, though. Yeah, can we go yeah, back? Not exactly. So, so let's separate, for example. I was going to say, vitamin and mineral supplements, like, like you said, all of your, your calcium, your zinc, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, all that kind of stuff, like, they are supplements in a sense of everyday supplements that people use that are just good for optimum health because most people are lacking in most of their minerals because they don't have a yeah, great food quality yeah that yeah that you can get from food but you know it's easier to get it if you if you know you yeah. know you can hit it if you are taking it but you don't have to take them you just yeah. it's better for us because we can't always hit the vitamins and minerals we need yeah. through diet so yeah. uh, You've got like your, as I would call it, you've got like your food supplements, which is all of that kind of stuff, your vitamins and minerals. And then you've got your, your performance supplements, as I would call them, which is anything from like good quality whey protein, creatine, that's going to obviously aid from a training perspective all the way through to all of the fads and all the bullshit, like your BCAAs and fucking, you know, well, God knows what fat shit. what they're coming up with now, yeah. Um, so, I th and I think- They always have really the cool names though, don't they? Well, of course they do, because that's why people buy them, because people don't actually want to read the label and then figure out and do the research and go, actually, are these ingredients going to do anything for me? Or does it just say fat burning on it? Oh, I must buy it now. You know, I, I think... was thinking of starting a range called like Big Fucking Arms or something like that and see how many people buy it. <laughs> Honestly, you probably sell it more than just a standardized, you know, just a standardized like... Um, and it would go out to 18 to 21 year olds. <laughs> 18 to 21 year olds. Yeah, but I think that the port touched on a really good point. Like, food supplements are—they're not even in the topic because yes, they're, they're great and and you know if you want to supplement that and you don't can't get it from your diet, then do that. But then you've got—I would say there's probably only two or three supplements that I would say are worth the money, and they're normally the ones that are the cheapest. And you don't need them at all, but they do aid what, a little. So, what do you, what what would you suggest? What are your personal choice of of supplement for your diet that you take? 
I would say creatine is one. Yeah. Um, if you're somebody, anybody, I mean, men and women, if you're, if you're looking yeah. you gain, I've, I've, I've researched it. It's great for women. It's the, it's the, it's, it's the number one research supplement out there and yeah. it's very safe. Yeah. And it's extremely cheap. Like, I mean, honestly, you can spend 10 quid on creatine and it will last you for months. Yeah. Um, you don't need to load creatine. I've, I've had a bag since 2002 and it's absolutely Yeah, I mean, just like, it's, it's so, honestly... It's that, it, that it, big to start with. You probably would because the amount of creatine you actually need <laughs> yeah. on a daily basis is so small as well. Um, yeah. And if you're just consistent with the amount you take, all you're doing is you're saturating your muscles with it. Yeah. And um, it base and creatine is naturally occurring in the body anyway, so it's just yeah. enhancing the benefits of something you're already getting. Yeah. Uh, the second thing um, would be a way, a good quality protein. Um, yeah. It can be a whey protein. It can, you know, if you if you're vegan, you can be a vegan protein, whatever. Just a good quality protein. And the only time I'd say that you, it's good to have that in there, is if you're struggling to hit enough protein in your actual diet. If so, I would always say. Don't have a protein shake, eat a chicken breast because it's one, it's going to fill you up more. And two, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's better. It's, it's probably better for you in the long run, but again, oh. whey protein, very safe, but I, you don't on really that, need it. On that point, just really quickly, you yeah. made the perfect point that I was going to make, which is obviously we said about like your vitamins and minerals, they're there to top you up and stuff you're lacking. Yeah, of course. Protein should be viewed exactly the same. You should try and get all yeah. your protein from the food you eat. And protein shakes are there to top you up when you are lacking. And some people do struggle. And it is more acceptable to walk around at three o'clock in the afternoon if you work in an office with a protein shake than it is with a chicken breast. So there's going to be... Or, or a beer. Or, well, I'm not walking around. I'm sat. <laughs> that is your office. So it's fine. Yeah. But, um, and yeah. the only other one I'd say, and I'd say you don't need this as well. I think glutamine is a great, a great supplement. I take that. I mean, yeah. Just to aid recovery. And there's, there's a lot of research on glutamine that it really does help with recovery. And, um, but again, it's one of those ones where it's like, you don't need it. It's, it's, it's super cheap as well. Again, the ones that normally are the most effective that actually are the best for you. They, they're really, they're really cheap. Um, and the ones that they upscale are the ones that don't do shit. Um, but they sell because people don't want that. People, one, aren't educated enough, which again is, is a whole different topic, but two, People don't really want to have to, be, they want to be told, take this pill and you're going to shred fat. And effectively, we all know all fat burners are, are just caffeine pills. And yes, caffeine, and, and they can get away with, the problem, with, again, another thing with the fitness, they can get away with the fact that it's a fat burning pill because caffeine raises your metabolic rate just by a small little bit. And you're going to burn maybe like two, three calories more per hour, maybe if you take caffeine pill maybe a bit more, maybe 10 calories, but because you're burning more calories, technically it closes that deficit. So it's technically fat burning, which is just mind blowing to me. They can still get away with that. I wrote an email about this exact topic. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And it's the fact that in any other, any other industry, if you make a wildly false claim, trading standards and everybody is like straight on you. Like you can't say that you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. you down. Fitness industry, say what you fucking want, get away with it. They and, welcome it. They're like new products, new products, guys. Yeah. Come and get it. Like, the, the the funny thing is with fat strippers in particular is like you said, it's gonna it's gonna cause such a minute, negligible amount of difference. But the reason why people start to jump on using them is because 
the fitness industry idolizes people who compete, who step on stage as being the pinnacle of health. When in reality, yeah. they're not the pinnacle of health. They are the pinnacle of and unsustainability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you're stepping on stage, you've got 20 weeks to get from being at like, say 15% body fat to like 4% body fat. And the difference of being at like maybe 3% or 5% is the difference between winning or, um, or, or not placing at all. And somebody says, take this fat stripper, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you 2% body fat less than you would have done without it. You, you're going to take it because you're competing. You want to win. But yeah. right, you're talking, else, you're talking tiny, tiny, tiny right. little things are going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're at that level, if yeah. you're a 43-year-old John who trains three days a week and wants to get rid of like a bit of fat around his stomach, taking a fat stripper is going to do absolutely fuck all, apart from giving like cold sweats and the shakes every time he takes it. So yeah. Uh, People just need to start to align their, their viewpoint with where they are and what their goal is rather than looking at other people's highlight reel and unsustainability and, and trying to get to something that's largely unattainable. I mean, yeah, I also, uh, sorry, go oh, on. Sure. I mean, like just to finish with the fat burning part, it's like save your 40 quid and walk up and down the stairs a bit more and burn the calories <laughs> yeah. that way. I mean, that's as simple as it is. And, and people will be like, oh, that doesn't, that, that, surely that's not right. And it's, it's absolutely true. Drink a cup of coffee if you really want to go for it. But, yeah. and, and walk up the stairs. You're probably saving your money and you're getting double the results. Like, at the end of the day. This, I, I yeah. think from a, from a female point of view, women's point of view as well, you know, obviously you guys know that I, I look, I'm sort of dealing very much with sort of perimenopause and menopause stage of women's mm -hmm. life. And I think... The early stages, uh, when it's first kind of happening, you know, when when you're talking about early to mid forties, is when it, you're going to start to get that little bit of weight gain, that little bit of softness that maybe you've never had before. And the trouble is, is that um, the unknown symptoms, which I obviously know about now, but I didn't understand then, um, when it comes to fat burners and these caffeine tablets and all these like things that, when you like you said, when you've got that little bit of weight and you think, oh. Um, so I don't need to diet. I don't need to do any exercise. But what I'll do is I'm going to take these. Mm -hmm. Trouble is with caffeine is when you're going through that early stage of menopause, you start to get palpitations. Anyway, you get palpitations, you get shortness of breath. Uh, these are all symptoms I didn't know happened. So you can imagine you layer that with a nice little daily kick of fat burners mm. uh, on top of your normal daily coffee. And you could be in real trouble, you know. Yeah. And of course, you said about the sweats as well. Like you, know, you said about John getting his sweating, right? So, and then of course you start getting the early stage of like the sweating of it. Add, the, add a load of fat burners on top of that. So now you've got double symptoms to try and lose a little bit of fat. And this is the trouble that they, you know, I, I would probably say, and I may be wrong here, but I would say that things like fat burners, stuff like that are mostly targeted towards women. More often than not. Maybe not exception of a few products but yeah most yeah. exception but i do think it's more likely to be women who buy them um and that's why i do what i do that's why i want to be that person who kind of slots in and goes right you don't need to do that you just need to forget everything you've ever done ever and change it completely and let's start on a fresh fresh page you know and I, think, um, I, sure, I, I wonder if you agree with this especially for for women it's keeping it as simple as possible like it's not this, this whole fitness thing about again like losing body fat and building muscle like 
um, for everybody or just getting fitter. It's a consistency thing. And it's about, you know, what you do 90 to 85% of the time. And I think people spend so much time focusing on the 5% or the 1% that might make a small difference. Like Paul was talking about with bodybuilders. You know, we don't need to focus on that. So we need to actually focus on what we're doing consistently the majority of the time. And that's what's going to get you the results, right? And it's like, if you're turning towards these supplements, you're looking at, again, even like creatine and and protein, you're looking at maybe a 1% increase in performance, right? Yeah. And, you know, if if you're consistently putting the work in, you're consistently on top of your nutrition, you're going to get those results anyway. Whether you get there a little bit faster because you... Um, because you, you, you supplement with caffeine and it burns a little bit more. I mean, again, if, you're, if your actions are uh, in line and you're disciplined what you do, you're going to get there. Yep. And you don't need to spend the extra money for it. And I think also as well, embrace where you're at already. Like yep. I think so many people are like obsessed with, I, I fall into it and I fall into the, I've taken every supplement under the sun. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I mean, if I could <laughs> take all the money back I spent in the early years on supplements, I'd be, uh, I'd be very well off right now. And like, but I think if people, you know, just focused on keeping it simple and yep. just consistency, I think every, everyone would actually be, um, would be getting results rather than people yo-yoing and, and getting disheartened and then yep. throwing it away, you know? What do you think, Paul? Uh, Yeah, completely agree. It's one of the biggest things I get all of my clients to focus on is not being perfect. And that's the biggest challenge we have is the notion that people believe to get results, they have to be perfect. What they have to do has to be really strict. It has to be difficult and they've got to be perfect. And the minute they do one thing that's wrong, they fuck the lot. And for me, it's exactly like Tom said, focus on just being consistently good, doing what you need to do the majority of the time, allow for periods of indulgence make them the exception not the rule and you're going to be in a much better place um and that's i think that's what industry needs to be doing more is is promoting that kind of approach so that people feel like they can get results we literally had a client check in yesterday and she said whilst checking in um and she said she checked her her weight and hadn't seen any any difference and i said we'll check your measurements tomorrow and i bet you have she said well it just feels like it's too easy at the moment i said well that's how it should feel because if it feels too difficult what you're doing is unsustainable it shouldn't be hard Um, yeah and she checked the measurements this morning and told me that she's lost more inches in seven weeks with me than she lost in seven months with our last pt so i was like well there you go right yeah like like my motto is progress not perfection Mm. you know and and only because i've learned you know um over the years like a, a great example actually a very recent example is my sister um who's just recently lost five stone it took her a long time but she so it should so it should honestly she absolutely embraced it what, four she weeks, educated five herself weeks. she did it with the support of weight watchers but what it did for her was it retrained her thinking it made her understand calorie in and calorie out because her the lady who actually took her her meeting was amazing and she was probably not what you would think. So she was a bit more clued up, you know, Um, but my sister's kept it off and she's now a gold member purely from the point of view that she's such a shining example to everyone of like, she just, she knows how much food in front of her, how many calories are in that. She won't like have that. She'd rather have that. Her choices are amazing. And, And she just looks completely different. And you I know, think that's, that's this is someone really, who didn't diet. Yeah, well, she was she was fifty nine. She started, never dieted in her life. 
But I think that's really important. Fresh eyes, you know? Yeah, it's really important though because, I mean, I mean, me and Paul especially have talked about this. That we we bash on the slimming world and the weight watchers and all that. Yeah, I don't do that. I'll be honest. I, I do. I do think majority of those systems are set up to take money off people. Oh, and I, they, I agree with you to a point. So I, but will, I, also, will say, I will say that for every okay, I'll, I'll I'll put I'll put a figure together here. I would say for every twenty people who choose to do something like that. There's going to be that one person with fresh eyes who's not been you know, like fed by the internet and whatever, who's going to go, do you know what? This kind of all makes sense, right? Yeah, and make sensible choices. Well, that's, that's, that kind of, yeah. that feeds my point is that if it works for you, yeah, it works for you. And, and I think a lot of people get, get sidetracked by, you know, Paul comes to me and says, I just did the keto diet. And it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, you've got to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll go do it. And then it does, it's not sustainable for me. I don't like doing it. So I didn't get the results. And it's the same thing is if Weight Watchers works for you, keep going to Weight Watchers. If Slimming World works yeah. for you, keep going there. Keep doing yeah. it until it doesn't work for you anymore. And then reassess. Yeah. Um, right. That's my next question. There you go. So, so the reason I mentioned that was because the next question I was passed was that she's been given a gold membership because she has kept the same all along. yeah so that she had um she had a particular goal um she didn't quite get there it wasn't a massive amount i think it was five or six pounds um but it was to be i think it was the weight she was on her wedding day you know that is a lot that is a lot i mean if you if you took five pounds of fat and you showed it to somebody they'd be like shit i just no, lost no, that no. i mean pick she up a five pound dumbbell yeah so she couldn't that get there but but she stayed the same for a long time so i've had the conversation about plateau which is the question um at the time and i think we've had a lot of ups and downs of lockdown and stuff like that but she, she she does everything right she exercises every day and she's um but she said what 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 would your advice to be to someone who's plateaued for quite some time yeah um what would you guys advise someone who's plateaued and I'm not talking about just this week. So if they've been plateaued quite some time, stayed the same, um, not gaining, not losing, what would you normally? For me, it comes down to one of two things. So, and I've seen it on both sides of the coin. I had a client at the start of the year who we had probably close to 12 weeks right at the start of the year where we didn't see any change. And I knew she was following everything to the letter, knew she was yeah. training well. Um, the information she was giving me was accurate. And with her, yeah. it was a case of, keep at it keep consistent because yeah. ultimately the science speaks for itself fat loss isn't a linear process it's not if you have this amount of calories and you're in this level of deficit you'll lose this amount yeah. of weight week on week it's over an extended period of time if you adhere to that you'll lose an average of this it can come at any stage so i said to her just keep at it keep at it every week it was the same it was like yeah you're doing really well don't be disheartened keep going keep going after about 12 weeks, we then hit an eight-week period where she was dropping like an inch every week. She was dropping wow. weight scales week on week, and it carried on for about it was six to eight weeks. And then it started to slow down again. And I said, look, this is because we stayed really fucking focused when it would have been so easy to go, it's not working, and for me to make changes and play around with stuff. But I knew, I knew 100% she was following the advice I was giving. The information I was getting was accurate. It was a case of being patient. I've seen it on the flip side, yeah. though. The first question I always ask when people go through a plateau or if they see a slight movement in the wrong direction, the first question I'll always ask is, 
out of, on a scale of one to a hundred percent, how accurately are you tracking your food? And okay. if it takes me anything less than 90%, my, yeah. my first responses will go away and get keener with your tracking. And I had, again, had it with a client just after lockdown. He'd done quite yeah. well for lockdown. It had slowed right down. We'd seen a couple of things that had gone the wrong way. His protein intake had gone up massively. So to begin with, his fiber intake was very low. So I said, we'll get a bit more fiber in. We saw a bit of a drop. So I was Definitely, like, oh, yeah. bunging yourself up. We then started to see things go the other way. And I asked him the question. He said, I'm probably about 70, 80% accurate of my tracking. So I said, well, get yourself to 90, 100% with your tracking. And he did it for three weeks and dropped like two and a half kilos. So I was like, well, there's your issue. You just weren't tracking accurately. So when people plateau, it's normally one of two things. It's either just their body going through the process and they've got to stick with it. If they can say hand on heart, they're being, they're doing everything they should stick with it. Be patient. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if they can't put their hand on their heart and say they're being 100%, then there's your problem. It's not a plateau. You're probably not in a deficit like you think you are. You're probably eating. And, and this particular client was eating like probably if he was pretty much hitting maintenance when he started to work out. I was like, fuck, I've been going over. That's by. probably what's happening. Yeah. Well, I think that, that I, I, I completely agree with what Paul said there. And I think the biggest thing leading on from that would be control as many variables as you can. So, and have as much data as possible. So once you control as many variables as you can and you have all the data, it's very easy to see there why you're plateauing, right? So for example, if you're not weighing yourself um, on a consistent basis at the same time every day and in the same situation, and I always try and tell my clients, hey, weigh yourself after you pee in the morning and you haven't drunk or eaten anything. So you get- And and have a shave as well, just in case you don't- Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, for Paul, yeah, for sure. And then, and the then body, also, full body wax. <laughs> yeah, but if you're not, that goes down to it goes down to the the calories thing, right? Is if you're not tracking your food, how on earth can you know? I know um, how to change the plateau. And then the, the second thing I'll say is, once you have plateaued, be very risk, realistic with yourself. If you've been patient and you know you've been there for a while, I think you said eight weeks, right? That she would plateau for. Oh, or something longer, like probably longer. Yeah. Okay, so then, then you know, hey, look, something I'm doing is not putting me into the deficit that I'm trying to get to. I'm not in a deficit. It's not like your body's going to say, oh, no, I've had enough now. It's like, no, if your body's in a deficit... I'm happy here. I'm happy here. It will go until you die. It will literally go until you die. Like, you will starve to death, right? So it's like, if you're you're not not losing... Yeah, yeah. If you're not losing body fat and body weight, then you know you're not in a deficit. And the last thing I'll say is, it's not always the scale doesn't tell you exactly what's going on. It just tells you something's happening. It just gives you an indication that something's happening. So if you're just purely going by, like Paul said, um, you know, they took measurements that is going to tell you more than what the scale was saying. The scale were just data points. And again, I use, I use averages and I look at the week's averages rather than the actual days. Cause we know weight fluctuates for so different reasons and fat gain and fat loss are one of the, is very low yeah. down on the actual scale of what's happened. You know, if you gain two pounds overnight, you haven't gained two pounds of fat. There's no way, unless you've eaten the whole of McDonald's. Yeah, unless you're you have, a cake after in the morning. Right. I mean, it's just like you, you, like if people know like the amount of calories you've actually got to consume to put a pound of fat on. That is very difficult, and you've got to do that over maintenance as well. So it's very difficult to, so to gain a pound of fat. three and a half thousand calories, one pound of fat. Over maintenance, over your maintenance. So you've got to be in a three and a half, a three and a half thousand calorie surplus um, to do that. So you're looking for most people, you're looking at, you know, 5,000 plus calories. Yeah. Now it becomes easier to do that when you're consistently 
overeating and so those calories build up and then over a week let's say you put a pound of fat on because you are you know you're eating 500 to 600 calories over your maintenance and then you will and, and if you're somebody who's trying to gain weight then that's what we'd advise to do yeah. um, but if you're if you're seeing the, the scales fluctuate whatever you haven't necessarily plateaued you no. just something's happening and so if you're if you're looking at fiber you know if you're if you're not going to the toilet then you're yeah. going to weigh more if you if you eat you know, maybe you eat later that, that night before, um, you're going to weigh more. There's more food in your system. Yeah. If you drink a lot more water yeah. than before, you're going to weigh heavier. Um, I think People the scales are where... Huh? They forget about how much food processed... When I say processed, I don't mean processed like a, you know, like Just a thing dinner. Yeah, you, know, you know, like food that your body has dealt with. You know, it, it doesn't just go in your mouth, go into your stomach and then just pop out the other end. You know, it, kind of like has a bit of a process you know and it doesn't always all come out and, and if you haven't got a good digestive system and you haven't and you don't eat like you said about fiber i think paul mentioned fiber as well you know if you don't have enough fiber and you don't like effectively clear your intestines through i mean they're miles long for christ's sake uh, That's yeah, a journey, yeah. the chance you know? of you clearing that yeah. every day is going to be very little right yeah so and you, you, and again, but it sticks doesn't it it stays in there yeah that's why, that's why and, and also that's um I, I think we know me and paul have talked about this before but being hydrated like hydration yeah is, I, did a, I did a thing on that yesterday yeah and for the digestive system as well i mean like oh. if you want to be regular um and most people struggle with this then make sure you're drinking water because yeah. you want to make sure that everything can flow out and uh everything well and also you know when uh, when you go into dialing things in a lot as well when you're talking about guys who are trying to maybe get shows and stuff you know holding on to water and things like that with the, down to sodium potassium levels there's so many different reasons why you might feel like you've plateaued because you're looking at the scale you yeah. might not have plateaued because again uh, there's a you know um paul uh, uh give it to paul in a second but you know recomping as well like if you're at a, if you're a person who was quite overweight and your body fat's going down, but your muscle mass is going up because you've started this new stimulus called weight training, right? Yeah. Where you're actually using the energy that you had stored up to build new muscle tissue, but you're also you know, bringing the fat levels down. You might stay very similar weight, but look dramatically different. Yeah, of course. And so Sit how do you actually put it? So yeah. I think it's, it's understanding what you're using to assess whether you've plateaued is a massive part of that. And then being listening and saying, okay, if I actually have plateaued, I've got to change something because my body is not lying to me. I, I think she is actually, or has actually just finally started doing some weight training. Yeah. I mean, that will be a stimulus that will, that will make a difference. And I, it goes down to the same thing. If, if someone says I can't get results, I'm just like, eat less, do more. And that's yeah. it. Like, yeah. And you will see results. So you just may have to do it a more of extreme for some people. Yeah. The better shape you are, you're going to have to do a lot more and maybe eat a little less. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're someone who's really, really overweight, eating a little bit less and doing a little bit more, it's just, it's just going to fall off you. If you're someone yeah. who's, you know, for a guy who's sub 10% and you pull a little bit of food, it might not do that much. You do a little bit more exercise, it's not going to make that much difference. You're going to have no. to go to the extremes. But for the average person, eat a little less, do a little bit more, you'll see that plateau and it will continue to go. Cool. Okay, thank you. Paul? Um, I think Paul's on, his, Paul's on his sixth beer. He's about to fall off his chair. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm conscious of time because I, I think we get 45 minutes and we're we're almost there. But um, okay. no, I think everything that, that Tom said is, is what I would agree with. Ultimately, plateaus happen generally when things aren't being changed. So either you're not progressing your workouts enough. So pushing for progressive overload, you fall into a training plateau, which means you then don't burn as many calories as you think, or it, because with most people, it's because you become a little bit lazier with your food and you, you start to cut a few corners and you start to think yeah. oh, I can get away with that one too many times in a week. And what you yeah. thought was a deficit no longer is. Um, but like, as I said before, if, if somebody can hand on heart, say they're doing everything they need to be, sometimes you've just got to be patient because these things yeah. take time. And if you're doing it the right way, it isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen really quickly. So it's just a case of sometimes you have to be patient. But yeah. nine times out of ten, when somebody's not seeing results, uh, it's not their genetics. It's not the environment. It's not the direction of the wind or the phase of the moon. It's the fact that they're eating more calories than they burn. <laughs> Yeah. or they're, well, they're simply not burning as much as they think they are like yeah. for example like yeah, the, the cardio machines biggest, will tell you burn a thousand calories you haven't you the know? two biggest misconceptions that people have that prevent them getting progress is overestimating the amount of calories they burn and underestimating how many they they're they're eating um, so if you can track both accurately you'll have a much better idea of what you're burning and what you're eating and how what you need to do to keep driving progress um yeah. Like I said, nine times out of 10, it's one of three things. You're, they're either not burning as much because they've stopped pushing as hard in their sessions. They're either consuming yeah. more than they realize because they're not tracking as accurately or they're just being yeah. fucking impatient. <laughs> and they're yeah. going, oh, it's been yeah. a few weeks since I saw any movement. I, I, I think, you know, that then obviously because I work mainly with women, it, you, know, you have the added complication of a uh, menstrual cycle, which again, yeah. a big you would be shocked at the fact that they do not, know about this and that's my sort of mission is that to to like when i do um i, I do my programs and i get everyone trained and stuff you know it, it, each time i do it i'm like this can change every week if it has to it's adaptable it's flexible it's fluid you know so so what i do is like you we meet up we say like, how are you feeling like you know like, oh i've just come on this week blah blah i'm feeling really tired i'm really right okay scrub that i'm not doing that today we're doing this week's program what would your advice be uh, to somebody who, like a, a, a woman who's trying to, you know, lose weight? And um, what would your advice be with dealing with mental cycles and all that kind of stuff? What would be the key things that you'd say for them to focus on? That, again, it comes down to a form of tracking. Okay, so but what I would do is I'd, you, you get them started, get them started, get the protein up, you get the get the training program in place, get them moving more, knee up. Uh, and get them to track their food okay <clears throat> now what you want to be able to look at and i know you like a spreadsheet um is you want to look at a of the 28 days okay mm. and you want to look at them tracking over 28 days and you want to see the pattern you'll see it yeah because you know my fitness pal do the graphs you'll mm -hmm. see like the week before you know there'll be like carbs will be through the roof Protein will be down because they can't be able to eat chicken. They just want to eat yeah. cake, you know. Um, then you might have the following week, you might see quite a big deficit where they actually don't really feel like eating. Uh, and then the following week, it'll just be kind of normal. They'll hit the calories, protein's good, yeah. Uh, you might get that for two weeks. So you'll see a pattern and it'll pretty much be the same. So what, what I tend to look at is, this is the calories you're supposed to be hitting. Let's multiply that by four weeks. Yeah. 
and then I do an average. Okay, so if you multiply it by four weeks and then do an average, then what they do this week, this is your leeway amount. Yeah, first week, let's say middle week, you've got nothing. Next week, you've got um, a leeway of about 300. This week here, you're going to go low. So I'm not going to give you anything extra, but we're going to tide that one over. It's quite, once you get into understanding, uh, once they know they haven't got restrictions, it's amazing how they stick to it. Because if they know, I go, they go, what's my calories this week? I go, right, like, where, where are we at? Oh, I'm due on in about uh, five days, or whatever. So it's like, okay, cool. So let's go, let's do this week for this week. So you've got 300 extra. And, uh, 500 yeah. extra. And, every, and everyone's different, right? So they've got, it's got to be unique to that individual. Unique to them. The way, yeah. the way that I approach it is probably not as in-depth, mostly because obviously I don't have periods myself, so I don't fully appreciate. No, but you need to when you wear a belt. Yeah. But the way I deal with it is each, each person is different. So I have women that I train who, and who I coach who in the week leading up to their period and the week of, we just hit maintenance calories. And we only focus on being in a deficit. Yeah, that works. Good. Yeah, that's um, one of the, yeah, so I know, yeah. From a tracking perspective, I get people <clears> to prepare <throat> their progress and, and document which week of their cycle it is. So that actually if they yeah. see that their weight's crept up or their me measurements have changed, that we can yeah. compare it to that week of the previous cycle. Because yeah, it might be different to last week, but it could still yeah. be better than where you were that time last month. Exactly. Um, and so I think it, don't you think, Paul, as well? So it's almost like... Um, you need to have a longer comparison time. So maybe eight weeks. So from there to there, and then another eight weeks, and then yeah. another eight weeks, rather than this small window, because it's too close. The four week thing doesn't really work for me. You know, it's the same thing. sorry, it's the same thing when you, when you coach someone and you change, and you put them on a plan and they're looking to like, let's say lose weight. The first couple of weeks, maybe the first month, you're looking to try and just find their maintenance. Like you're literally on a, a journey just to say, Nightmare. I need to figure out weight your body's app like, <coughs> into a calculator online and be like oh well that's going to be your maintenance because it doesn't it, uh, they, don't it, know that, a yeah. very rough estimate but the body doesn't doesn't go oh well uh this no. person's five foot ten and 160 pounds so they yeah. have to burn this amount of calories it doesn't work no. like, it's just a and i think that's where as coaches you know especially now and especially because we do uh, all of us agree that we want to keep it simple and, and, and keep it very old school and you know this is this is how it works in out you know with calories uh, and good strength training to keep you strong cardio maybe a little bit to keep your heart strong whatever but that's a good thing about us all we're all on the same page yeah. do you know what i mean and i just think that that actually makes us quite unique because so many trainers and coaches are so away from that they don't even know it they don't even know well, about it's, it's harder it's harder to be educated enough to realize how simple it is because <laughs> most people they read something online and then they're automatically an expert right and it's like this this you know once you do years and years and years of education on this stuff you realize actually it's very simple but you need to know all of the background in order to make it simple it's like i always say an expert in something should be able to tell an idiot like me a yeah. complex situation and simplify it so i can understand it right and yeah. the same thing for us. Well, we is that do that we, every day. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got, yeah, we've got all this information. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And, uh, but, I think Paul does it more than we do. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but we, I mean, yeah, like, at, we've been on for an hour, right? We could go on for hours and hours about all of this, but we could just basically put it into a very simple format for people so that people can take it away and, and be able to do it. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people, they, they read one article and they're like, I'm an expert now. It's like, well, no, you're not. Like, you know, the thing is, what they read is probably not even that that good because a lot of the studies that are out there are heavily weighted in one yeah. to prove one particular point like you can put a google search in and find 40 different studies that suggest that keto so you, fasting is superior for fat loss when so, in reality it fucking isn't so paul you're not a great fan of the eat well plate then no um no i'm not you do know that as uh, that personal trainers in the uk um I, I don't know when you did your course but you know we were told that categorically we could only use the guide guidelines of the eat well plate on the nhs website um, for health uh, of our clients unless we had a separate nutrition uh, qualification and i remember we all sat in the classroom looking at this eat well plate which mm. was heavily um, driven on carbohydrates and the protein and vegetable sections you know, it looked like a kind of a pizza with just shit on it, you know, yeah. um, with, with these tiny little triangles in the, they were like the small bits you have of pizza when you've got a diet, you know, the ones, you know, yeah, like, yeah when you try and like scrape all the pepperoni off. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so there's two, and I thought, and I was, so I put my hand up, you know, like you do when you're five, uh, so I put my hand up and I was like, um, so you want me to tell my clients to eat that much protein? So I think it was 35% of there mm. and i think the carbs were 60 something yeah uh, and, and that is still being fully promoted in the heart health yeah. to this high carb Thanks. and that's that's kind of what we're up against that, that's why i went and got uh, a very well, very different that's why it goes back to the the it, whatever works for you works for you right it's like yeah. some you know like Lots for years and years, people have been scared of carbohydrates, right? And we know, yes, you're going to need carbohydrates, especially. Well, if you're- I, I have to admit, I do jump when I go into co-op when I'm near the rolls. I don't know if it's just me. Being <laughs> a- mm. Probably burn more calories doing that way, but yeah, or uh, bagels. Bagels terrify the shit out of me. I'm not even going to joke. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, it- the thin ones. They they really oh. scare me. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. They're the, not normal. 130 calories that those those uh, those bagel things have is it's terrifying, oh, okay. right? Yeah. But, you know, it's the it's the same thing. It's, no, don't talk about. It. I'm getting goosebumps. But it's yeah, it's it's if it works for you, it works for you, and it can't be one size fits all. That plate thing uh, that the NHS came out with is like, yes, okay. Well, what happens if you're somebody who is carbohydrate intolerant? Yeah, but what if they're a diabetic? Are you going right. to shove their fa- stuff their faces with bread all day? Right. So yeah. I mean, again, it comes down to if you if you're if you if you're knowledgeable you know that, hey, look, we can make this fit. So, I don't know. It's just, no. Yeah. I mean, it's but, great. Yeah, if you do like to stuff your face with bread and crisps and, and, and stuff like that all day, it's brilliant. But um, probably feel like well, shit. Yeah. But yeah. And there was but, even cake on it. I mean, come on. You know, really? That might, that, this might be a good topic for our next podcast, right? It's to kind of like go through the stuff that personal trainers are taught and, and see Yeah, what... let's do that. Because that's, you know, this is why I... Why I? Why I? I sounded a bit. Geordie. Why I? This is why I. So um, <laughs> this is why I, I did a separate. <laughs> GNT is hitting. The GNT is definitely hitting now. <laughs> this is why I did a 
separate nutrition um, qualification because I thought I am not I can't go in there wholeheartedly to somebody and, and the irony of it is, I've had this conversation with PTs before. Oh, I'm running out of battery I'm gonna have to go plug in. The irony of it is PTs are encouraged to coach off of the wheel yeah. you can't possibly give advice and then you've got the flip side in the industry where you've got slimming world group leaders you've got herbal life sellers isogenic sellers arbon sellers who've got zero qualification giving nutrition advice yeah not just giving nutrition advice but trying to sell a nutrition product off the back of it and it's yet and yet you've got people who have got a qualification in health and fitness being told don't give any advice it's ridiculous like you if, if, you, if you understand energy balance, you should be able to give advice to people on that because it's fucking simple. Like, and, and the thing is, I think you guys both agree, is that the more educated you get, the more you realize I've got to get more educated. Because yeah. well, I, would, I don't think any of us are sitting here saying that we know everything. Like, by far, there's so much out there. There's so much. Yeah, I know it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I need, to, I need to learn more of you. I mean, it's like, I've spent, you know, the last six years every day and, you know, spending thousands of dollars, you know, getting up to the highest level of, of certification you can go in, in, the, in the, the qualifications that I'm doing. And I'm still having to learn new things every day because there's things forever are changing and everybody's different. So if one size fits all. Learning um, how to appropriately say to somebody, shut up, you dumb prick, when they say <laughs> Without using you, told me that really well, well to be fair. Well, I, think you do I remember uh, what was what was it? Um, oh, I remember a very very subtle way I heard a trainer tell somebody uh, that they needed to lose weight. Yeah, so the guy was going was saying everything apart from I know I need to lose weight. So it's like, yeah, I mean I know oh, I've got pains in my joints. I've got you know I've got a bit of a cough. You know I get a bit breathless on everything but i know i need to lose weight so the person the trainer and i thought this was wonderful by the way he said so what we need to work on is that you're going to take up less space <laughs> and then we'll see how that works on all the other symptoms <laughs> and, I, and the guy was like okay yeah got it Plus, that's all I he said take up less space I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to put it. I mean, because it's, it's a difficult one for us PTs is that when, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a taboo subject. It's like you tell someone, you can't tell someone they're overweight, but you can judge someone from being underweight. You know, body shaming oh, goes one way, but too, like someone who's, who's in really good shape. Leg days are classic. You're obsessed. You're, obsessed. you're too skinny or you're too, you're too shredded. Like, it's like, it's okay, but... It's fine. You're allowed to do that, yeah. I mean, I've I've got two very skinny shaming. Yeah. I've got two points on that though. Uh, the first one is it's one of the points I make on checking with all of my clients when they say about the scales is exactly that, that if you take your measurements and you're a physically smaller human being and taking up less space on the planet and you need smaller clothes, who gives a fuck what your weight is? Like yeah. you're a yeah, smaller exactly. person, you're achieving the goal. Um, yep. And the, the other point I feel like has just escaped me. It was a good one. Tom, what did you say? Say what you said. It made me want to say something. What did I say? Oh, about um, it's you know, it's a, it's a taboo subject about body shaming and and we, we can we that. get before that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My memory's not that good, man. I'm getting old now. 
um, what was, I don't know what were we saying. Charles distracted me with the fox. So, um, what were I saying before? You so said, you're supposed to be in charge of this. You can't. You can't put me and Paul in charge of this because it will. <laughs> it, <goes laughs> it will go sideways quick. So okay, let's take it. Let's take it back then, Tom. So if you've got someone clearly overweight, physically in front of you in real life, yeah, clearly overweight, and and they want to know if you can help them, and they're talking about they haven't mentioned weight loss, yeah. They're just going, oh, yeah, I want to be muscly. I, I want to be. I want to wear. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. This is it. This that you're about to make it. I think it's when people come to you and they get and they say, I want to lose weight and tone up or I want to lose weight and, and build a bit of muscle. My response, whenever anyone says that they feel like they need to lose weight and put muscle on, I always say to them, let's start with losing weight. Let's see what, let's lose some body fat and see where we're at and see how much muscle we need to add. Yeah. Let's have a look at what your muscles are like. The only yeah. time I'd say otherwise is if they are naturally very skinny anyway. Yeah. If somebody's pretty lean and they're, and they're that they think they need to lose weight because they want visible abs, but they've got goals to change their physique. I'm like, no, fuck it. We're putting you in a small surplus. We're going to build some muscle. We'll worry about stripping later. But the majority of people, they probably do need to lose a little bit of weight. Yeah. And the reason why I said, if your mindset is at, I need to lose weight and build some muscle, that tells you more than you need to. Because if you, if you, if you don't need to lose weight, you won't be saying I need to lose weight and build muscle. You'll be saying, I want to build muscle. So if at any point somebody says, part of their goal is to lose weight, then I focus purely on that. And I'm like, look, we'll start there. Because if you didn't need to, you wouldn't say it. And if somebody I think, like, I want yeah. to put some more muscle and get bigger, and they're already quite large, then I'll, I'll just be like, cool, yeah, we'll do that. And I'll put them in a deficit. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think it's important to say as well, like, Joe, what you were about to ask me is like, what would I say to them? I mean, the, the thing is, is, is that there is no right amount of weight you need to lose and there's no right amount of muscle mass you need to gain. It's how you feel. And I think that's where you give the person a power and you say, look, what are your goals and what do you want to do? And if they ask you for advice, you could give them advice. But again, we as PTs, we have no right to say to somebody what they should look like. We just have, no, to, we we have the tools that can help them go either way or to wherever they want to go. But they... It has to come down to the individual is that you have to take control of that and say, this is what I want. Yeah. And then we can also have that conversation and say, look, that's not realistic. You're not going to be like, genetically. You're not good enough to be a, a professional bodybuilder or, you know, you know, genetically, you're not going to be able to look like that. Or it's going to take a lot longer for you to gain, to lose that amount of weight. You're saying, let's go with it this way. And that's where we come in. But yeah. a person who just comes to me and just says, um, what do you think? I'm like, hmm. I mean, where, where do you want me to start? Like, so basically, what you're saying, so what you're saying is that as coaches, it's it's our role to listen. It's our role to. They have to tell us their goals. If they don't know what their goals are, we can give them pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Give absolutely. them. You know, so what you're doing next year? Have you got a holiday plan? Have you got a Christian plan? Have you got a wedding plan? Are you feeling ill? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you are you worried because your parents, uh, you know, are are not well people and you don't want to be like that when you're older you know i have them sort of conversations all the time right. like my my goals my, uh, my goals because i watched my mum from my age you know like like suffer from um heart problems and end up having a triple bypass and end up having a stent fitted and end up having a pacemaker and end up having two new hips you know and right. and i'm genetically connected to that person so you know do i want my my personal path to follow that do I want to go down that road? 
it's, and it, that's exactly right. And, and I think the thing is as well, people won't do what they need to do consistently <laughs> if they don't want to do it. Oh. Like, not their, if it's not their goal, they'll do yeah. it for a little bit and then they'll sack it off. So yeah. it's like, you have to find, they, you have to either help them find what they really want. Because yeah. I've had people come to me and say, I want to burn fat and build muscle. And like, also, I'm like, it's because I read that oh. on the internet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, you have to ask why. And then they say this, and I say, well, why don't we go with losing a little bit of weight first and having a look what you actually have underneath the fact that's, you've got that's right. a poor, yeah, good, or yeah. you've got the other person who is, you know, kind of like this, the need definitely needs to put a bit more size in their frame if they want to look that kind of way that all the all guys want to look like, that aesthetic look, right? And so you're like, okay, actually, we need to put you in a surplus for a bit and, and build you up. Um, because just having abs doesn't necessarily mean yeah, if you if the whole your whole body is really really fat and then you've got abs that's just gonna look weird. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what those teas come in. The fat burners they come in, they can do that for oh, you. Oh, so basically you can you can spot reduce completely yeah. strip your stomach yeah, and have abs. Wrap your stomach in cling film. Cling film, so yeah. Like, so almost you look like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah like the Hulk because yeah. he's got abs, but so he's just massive. The way that yeah. I the way that I view it, I don't know if you guys are the same, is that as PTs, it's not our job to set the goal. It's just our job to set the expectation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah that's a great their expectation as to what is involved in achieving it. Because if they, if they want to get to that fucking competition level physique, it's like, and they're currently like in the morbidly obese category, it's like, cool, yeah, we're going to get there, but this is going to take you 10 years. And this is yeah. going to be a really fucking hard journey. It's going to take 10 years. Not prepared it's to a really long time, but actually... Yeah. It's probably taken them 10 years to get morbidly obese. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not exactly. that fast really quickly. They've had the commitment to do that, so... Yeah! It's like, you bet a lot of burgers, babe. Yeah. First thing I think whenever I see someone who is morbidly obese is that is some consistency right there. Like, it's almost... No, like, they've got it in them. They've definitely got it in them. Yeah. So I, like, I also will say... Uh, from a compassionate point of view, and I know a lot of people, I know there are probably people who've probably been bullied and been sneered at and had things said to them that people think it's okay to do that because they're obviously obese, that's, that's allowed in society. But I also very, very often when you, if you really take the time to actually look at them, they have a massive sadness about them. There's, there's something about their eyes, there's something about their look. You know, there's a, there's a point I think of obesity with some people where they're the jolly, they're jolly, you know, yeah. uh, they're like to the party. Uh, everyone goes, oh yeah, it's fine that she's, she's obviously quite unhealthy because uh, she's very overweight or he's overweight. But there comes a point where they have gone way over that mark and uh, they have that, yeah. that look about. And that is, they, they are the people who actually want help. Well, and you're right. And also as well, you know, I would be all for if people wanted to be obese and they wanted to look that way. Hey, do you do your thing? Right? It doesn't it doesn't bother me. The only reason I have an issue with it is because it is so bad for you. I like, don't, like I can't sit there and say and promote. You know, there's this whole thing of like promoting bigger bodies and uh, you know like plus size. I'm like, but that's not healthy. It's not healthy for you. You wouldn't put a person up on a on a on a screen and be like, and they're smoking and be like. You shouldn't be like that person. It's exactly. like, you and also, promote that. And also, this, you know, the, the highlight at the moment is like to save our NHS, you know, to, to not overwhelm them. We've been very, very careful that we're not going to mention the reason we're locked. Them. And I don't think we should go down that road, any of us. We haven't got okay? long enough, I don't think. I don't think we should anyway. Um, 
because it's just it opens up a massive can of worms but what i will say is that prior to 2020 you know the the biggest overwhelm for the nhs is obesity related disease and Absolutely. and and issues and, i'll, I'll uh, leave it on i'll leave my my last point for this before we have to yeah, and then we will close but yeah go on yeah is that all the way through this this health crisis right it's been all about the um you know it's almost like putting the plaster on the on the on the cup right well actually what we need to do as a site is we need to go and look at the causes of why people are so unhealthy and why things like coronavirus are taking out certain people yeah. And going back to the, to the grassroots of it and saying, right, well, if we get everybody, it doesn't have to be in a gym. If we get everybody moving more and eating less yeah. and in better shape, things like the coronavirus wouldn't, we'd knock it off. I mean, look at, yeah. look at fit people, get coronavirus and knock it off. And if, if that's the, uh, I heard a guy say today, he's a guy who's he's trying to keep his gym open. And he said that the fitness industry is the first line of defense for the NHS. And I couldn't agree with him more. Like if people invest in their health from yeah. fitness and nutrition, then they're going to live longer. You're going to, to live a happier and healthier life. And that's it. 100%. So. Yeah. Do you agree, Paul? Uh, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, it's, it's what, it's a sad state of affairs where um, we're having to take the measures that we are because there's such a large portion, no pun intended of the population um, who are, severely at risk and it's purely self-inflicted and that's not to suggest that people are willingly doing it because a lot of it is down to as we've addressed a complete distinct lack of education of the basics of what it takes to be fit and healthy so people have been let down by the system in general but it's uh, for me it's obscene that we're in a situation where we're having to take such extreme measures because so much of the world's population is essentially fucked by what is a bad case of the flu because yeah. people can't control what goes in their mouth versus what they burn. Um, yeah. So I think goes yeah. down to, don't, don't take the, don't take the medication. Once, once the damage is done, do something before you have to take the medication. You know what I mean? And I think if we get that into our heads now, then 2020 could be the best year, especially for this country is if people understand that we can do something drastic before the problem gets too much, then we won't have to deal with things like this anymore. Yeah. So. And, and with everything else, we're quite good as a society in this country of addressing it. You, you take something like, for example, like knife crime or gun crime, that kind of stuff. Like our approach to when those issues arise is remove the cause, make knives illegal, make guns illegal. Guess what? You get rid of all, the majority of knife crime. We're a bit different to America in that whose response to gun crime is more guns, but let's not yeah. go down that route. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to obesity, we're not like, Oh, let's cause problem. <laughs> let's, let's not try and educate people on how to be healthier. We're like, Oh, send them to Slimming world. Give them yeah. a 12 week, 800 calorie diet to follow. Or we're closed gyms, still sell cigarettes, still sell alcohol, yeah. and uh, and keep fast food open for closed gyms. Yeah. So anyway, hang on, hang on. I think my I think my McDonald's has just arrived. So. Uh... <laughs> All right, shall we? Anyway, so listen. Um, so, thanks, guys, for all your input. It's been brilliant, and uh, I think uh, we, we'll come up with. Uh, I think it's kind of raised some issues that maybe we need to sort of. Um, Yes. talk more on at more on uh, at the next one <laughs> well we all are morons but oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so you know, we'll have a little think and obviously, obviously we, we will share this and, and we'll, we'll get it out there and hopefully if we can help like five people, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll get this out there. We'll, we'll wait for feedback because people might come back and say, look, great. I'd like to know more about that. You know, would, would you talk about that next time? So we're kind of like feedback from what other people are saying. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I really truly believe that this is a really good platform. We're all singing from the same song sheet, um, you know, Again, at some point we really might not. At some point we might not, which would be fascinating too. Is that if we've got yeah. different opinions, that we can share that and educate each other. So yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, I might have to use a dictionary occasionally. You know, I'm not saying there might be some long words you come out with that I'm not, not sure about. Won't be for me or Paul. I don't <laughs> <think>. <laughs> we'll have to get a special guest in for that one. <laughs> I get so no. Watching countdown, and I get a four-letter word. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I don't no. even watch countdown. There's no point. Sorry, I know this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, basically, yeah, just to say thanks very much. Uh, um, anyone who is listening or watching or whichever platform is this is Probably just my mum just going to watch this. Yeah, so it's fine. Mom, so this you're is watching. going out to all our close family uh, who are listening to this now only. You guys, hi. Um, so sorry we couldn't bring you on like the normal Zoom. Um, so just well, to say, you know, well. have a listen if you think it will help someone. Uh, uh, that you know then please 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 feel free to share it because sometimes you know it helps to if you've got a subject that you want to bring up with someone close to you sometimes it's easier just to share someone else talking about that subject rather than broaching yourself um, so please use that this as a tool to do just that if you if you need to um, we are all uh, wanting to support everyone throughout this lockdown. We are all available for online and one-to-one and -one coaching, um, most of which is um, with, with Paul is very much online. With myself and Tom, we are happy to coach and train people outside, especially now the weather's good. So um, please uh, don't, don't, don't worry about contacting us directly, any one of us, um, if you need some help, advice uh, or support during this time and beyond. Uh, you know we're we're we want to help as many people as we can and uh, and that's why we're doing this so thanks for listening and thanks for watching until next time guys thanks namaste, namaste. i have no idea what that means but it looks really good <laughs> <laughs> uh, this before it gets weird that's it if you namaste. must go i'm a dog <laughs> peace guys love you both see you later Bye. Mwah, mwah.